This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. Money is Ricky Whitmer, and this is where I'd usually say, as always, I'm joined by Mark Weber. Dub them Mark's not here. You can hear there's Sean Anderson. Hello. And Brandon Swanson's in studio with me. Hey, hey, hey. And you guys get to join me this week for the onside kick because Mark is currently on his way back from Puerto Rico. Such a rotten bastard, you know. He didn't take us with. I bet he didn't didn't even get a tan. No. He, he didn't take us burned. with. That's the one that's the one part. I don't think he burned, because I think Mark's Cuban. Really? Yeah, he is Cuban. Yeah, that's the same look I had when I found out he's Cuban. I didn't know Mark yeah. was Cuban. He's part Cuban. He, he probably tanned. Did you know he's Cuban? No, I mean, I assume. No. But I, uh, when he... You always have to assume. When he told me, he's like, yeah, I'm part Cuban. I went, really? Because if you look at Mark, he doesn't look... Uh, he does not look like he's got the Cuban blood in him, but this is... Those I'm, are the ones you have to watch out for. I am glad you guys are here with me because this is the week that I've been waiting for. From now until the beginning of August. The week of June 7th? Hell of a week. June and July, we are officially going through our divisional previews each and every week. And we're starting it off with the North Divisions in the AFC. So the AFC North this week, how this is going to work, we're going to go through each team, kind of talk about each one, tell us what we think about it. And then at the very end of the podcast, we're going to have kind of our predictions, who's going to win the division who could be a wild card team from the division but let's start with the bottom feeder the team that had the number two overall pick in the draft traded it away traded down gave it to the philadelphia eagles and that is the cleveland browns and the first thing i want to ask you guys and i feel like we have to touch with the browns is robert griffin the third is he going to be finally do they finally have the quarterback to lead them somewhere. No, Luke McCown's going to be the quarterback week by week four. Whether RG3 gets hurt or he shows his true colors of not being a good quarterback anymore. Which happens first, injury or true colors? Uh, true colors. Okay. I think he's going to throw like four picks in his, in his second game. I think he's going to be rusty. I, I, I just don't see him actually being uh, a contributor to this Cleveland Browns team. I think Josh McCown will be starting by week two, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did bring in someone else or they, they did you know promote their rookie. And Cody Kessler, I just I look at this team and I don't think they're going to be you know strive or thriving with Robert Griffin at the helm. I think Cody Kessler might be starting by week seven. I think McCown and Griffin are they're they're good backups, but they're nothing they're nothing better than that. And I don't think Cody Kessler is that good as as well. I just think this Browns team doesn't have their quarterback yet, whether it's Griffin, McCown, or Kessler, and they probably have to wait next year for that. Well, this is the most important season. I would say the most important season for Robert Griffin just for himself because. Coming over from Washington, that was a shit situation. Yeah, he had a great rookie season. It's like, holy crap, the Redskins may actually have a quarterback. He gets injured at the end of that rookie season. Then from like from there on, it's just drama between him and Mike Shanahan. You get Snyder involved. Now we're hearing stories about how the owner and Snyder was always in RG3's ear and kind of driving him to make the changes and be as combative as he was with the coaching staff. And, I mean, RG3, like I said, this is his most important season because he has to do do well. However, I feel like it's a good thing that he finally has a head coach in Hugh Jackson, or the Wolverine as we call him here on the onside kick, 
that he has the kind of quarterback whisper, I would say, in Hugh Jackson. I look at Robert Griffin. I, I agree that it's it's good for him getting away, but I just don't think I think it's I think it's done now. I mean, he's 26 already. His best years are way behind him. I mean, that injury is it's obviously still hurting him. He's not the same guy he used to be. Well, you know, I think I'm gonna disagree with you because look at what we saw with with Alex Smith in San Francisco. Terrible situation. Well, he comes in. You know, he's gonna be this savior. He comes in. Ends up being a horrible situation out there in San Francisco. Goes through about every single offensive coordinator you could. Goes through multiple head coaches. No one's helping him. When he finally gets it, goes to crap. Uh, it just, nothing went well for him. Then he goes over to Kansas City. Man, he's not Tom Brady, but he's a lot better. He revived his career. And, and sometimes he was 29 when he went over to Kansas City, too. And sometimes that's all you need. And I think it's important to note the age because you 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 noted that he was that RG three is twenty six. RG three, I'm not saying that he's going to be any better. I'm not saying he's going to be their savior, but I am saying that there's a, a, an opportunity there for him to get better. And I think there's there's opportunity, maybe not for the fans, um, but definitely for the coaching staff and the people who are around him every day for them to have an opportunity to have a lot of hope in what RG three can do because it was a bad situation in Washington, and hopefully now he can have himself a good situation fresh start, clean slate that he needs, and hopefully he has that in Cleveland. See, the one thing, though, with Alex Smith, though, is that he he was coming back from a shoulder. I mean, he, he had a lot of shoulder problems. The one thing that he didn't, he didn't really rely on was the deep ball. Alex Smith is a very good, you know, check-down passer, and he uses his mobility to escape the pocket. With RG3, I mean, he's got, I mean, his knee is what really hurts him, and, and he, he really thrived coming in on using the deep ball and his mobility. I mean, without the legs, he's, he's, not, he's not the same quarterback. He's, he's got to change his game, and I don't see him changing his game. Well, and here's the thing. That's why I'm going to bring back in Hugh Jackson is I kind of feel like Hugh's going to be the main one to say okay this is how we're going to use Robert and he's going to use RG3 similarly to the way he used Andy Dalton in Cincinnati with Andy Dalton was he a huge runner or did he use his arm they used his arm and I mean if Jackson can take some of that of course for every quarterback it's you got to tailor a system to that quarterback you can't just say well, this system, I'm going to put any quarterback in there, and it's going to work because what one system could do for Tom Brady or for Andy Dalton won't work for RG3 or Jay Cutler or Aaron Rodgers. It's, you got to tailor it to that quarterback. And if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I have all the confidence in the world in Hugh Jackson because he's comp, he's shown last year he's competent as a kind of offensive coordinator now already is the head coach already making the moves that you need to make especially in the draft and one of the draft picks that they made Corey Coleman and this is a guy that do we think that he's a guy that can help RG3 in the passing game kind of taking off pressure from everything that's going to be surrounding him after he said uh no pressure, no diamonds. I mean, with Corey Coleman, though, I mean, he's it's only Corey Coleman, basically, for the wide receiver. Wide receiving core, I know they drafted, like, five wide receivers this year, but, you know, I look at this team, and they outside of Coleman, there's no one really <laughs> that I'm really impressed with. Barnage. Well, I mean, I'm talking wide receivers. Mainly, I mean, we're we're going to call him a wide receiver <laughs> because... You know, he, he he gets probably the stats of, of, of what a wide receiver should get, but is this won't a Jimmy Gr- Is this a Jimmy Graham discussion? I'm not a wide receiver. I'm not a 
a tight end. I'm a pass catcher. Well, Jimmy Graham may not be too much <laughs> after this injury that he had. Um, fucker screwed me over in fantasy. In fantasy. <laughs> really did. I love hey. you, Jimmy, but gosh, that damn. La- that last year he was in New Orleans, traded him at the right time to get Gronk. But go ahead with what you were saying, Sean. I mean, if you do throw Barnage in there, I mean, yeah, then the, then you got two guys that you can really throw off to. But, I mean, even if you look in the backfield, I mean, Duke Johnson is decent out of the backfield uh, catching-wise, but Crowell isn't anything to write home about. You know, Duke Johnson has to be. To me, he's got to be the main back because I'm not sold on – Isaiah Crowell, because there's a reason why in way too early mock drafts, and even in my way too early mock draft, there's a reason why people are already saying, we haven't even gotten to the season, we're already saying Leonard Fournette is going to be the draft pick for the Browns if he's there. Okay, but there's a guy, There's a difference between Leonard Fournette, who is a Heisman oh, I hopeful, know. who, I know. who but, runs over defenses, I'm, and then there's Isaiah Crowell, who's a decent yeah, you know, a I'm decent just back. saying, like, that's the running backs you have to where we are already, like, we're all already looking to next season with them. And I mean, as of right now, I'm getting this from ourlads.com, their latest depth chart for the Browns as of June 1st. Your first two wide receivers on the depth chart as of right now entering OTAs, Corey Coleman and Marlon Moore. That is it. Then you've got Ricardo Lewis and um, Andrew Hawkins right behind him at three and four. This is going to be an interesting team because I feel like, Sean, you're not too far off with the will Josh McCown feel, or will Hugh Jackson, I should say, feel the pressure to start McCown sooner rather than later because early in the season, RG3, I feel like, may be pressured to make big plays and he's not going to have the help around him. Guys, here's the thing. There's no pressure in Cleveland. You're going to be bad. You're going to be bad. <laughs> but there's, RG3 there's even no, said no, no pressure, no, no diamonds. There, there, there's no pressure here. Honestly, for Cleveland right now, mm-hmm. you should hope to be bad because if you're bad, that, that means then you don't have to worry about Johnny Manziel. Manziel is gone. That drama is over, at least with Cleveland. If, if you're bad, you're like, thank God, at least we were just bad this year and we didn't have all this drama. Cleveland is not going to be good. Not this year. They've got to temper their expectations. They have too many question marks. They have too many small pieces. It's 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 like a rebuilding year. It, they you are rebuilding for Cleveland. They've I been mean, rebuilding for about. It's, I mean, the, the last time they went to the playoffs was two thousand eight with Derek Anderson as, as the quarterback and Braylon Edwards as their main. And, and they I were mean, still been, trying to rebuild there, yeah, but they were that really was, wondering afterwards, how did we get here? This is supposed <laughs> to be our rebuilding year. But I, I think that when you when you look at it, really, the Cleveland Browns, Ricky, you said it. They don't have the depth. They don't have even that one wide receiver where you go, you know, at least they've got, like for the Bengals, who we'll talk about, at least they got A.J. Green. No. No, you don't even have nobody. No, you know, you're putting you have all that nobody. pressure on Coleman. And, but, but see, that's the thing. You're not going to put that pressure on Coleman because there's – but I think really if you're the Cleveland Browns and you don't put any pressure out there and you just let these guys play – Let's see what you got. Let's see what you can do. Go out there and fight. As long as you're in some games mm-hmm. and you go five and eleven, whoop de do. That's not gonna happen. They're, I mean, no, you could. they're not gonna be in games and they're not gonna be five and eleven. You very well could be. Here, here's, here's there's a difference when you just let like you you can say go let them play and you, mm-hmm. you know they could be like kids playing recess football. But I mean, there's kids there's, playing a recess football could get to five and eleven. 
I don't know about that. <laughs> Are we talking uh, the longest yard? We're going to do some uh, schoolyard bullshit out there? Well, Is that what the longest yard, the, well, school time recess and prison football <laughs> are two completely different things, Ricky. Uh, I didn't know if you knew that. So well, no, I'm just talking about. There's no that, Bill Goldberg. No, he's never been. For, no, he's never been. I'm talking about the scene where it's to like school? it's raining and the, no, I've never Prison. been to school. Oh. Never been to school. Don't don't know what it's like. But let's move over to the defense. And I mean, looking at the free agencies that they lost and gained for the defense: Carlos Dansby, Craig Roberts, Robertson. Two linebackers they lose, lose them to the Bengals and Saints respectively. But they do bring in. Demario Davis, linebacker from the New York Jets. And also in the draft, they get guys like Scooby Wright, who probably isn't going to start, but he's going to add something to the inside depth-wise. And they get Emmanuel Agba, who fucking absolute steal at the end. Well, end of the first round, really, because the Patriots didn't have a first-round pick. Defensively, I kind of look at it, though, and I go, okay, besides Agba and Davis and then Danny Shelton in the middle of your line, this isn't going to be a good defense, and there's going to be teams that rip you apart. Oh, 100%. I mean, Joe Hayden was fantastic in his prime, but, I mean, it looks like he's coming out of his prime. Arcavius mm-hmm. Mingo never even lived up to his potential. Paul Kruger's getting old. I mean, the only guy I'm really excited to watch on this team is Danny Shelton. I really want to see what this kid can do, and I really What think, he can do in his second year? Yeah, I really want to. No, yeah, I know. I want to see what he can do, and I want to see if he can actually be a, a force in in the middle for this defense. I mean, I, I look at Shelton. He was great coming out of college, but I don't know if he he didn't really have the greatest of years. I think he was dealing mm-hmm. with some injury problems as well. So I mean, I, I think I would really I'm really looking for uh, Shelton to step up and maybe he can be the, a lone bright side uh, or lone bright spot on this defense for the Cleveland Browns. But outside of this, I mean, there's nothing really. I mean, I hope Joe Hayden bounces back, but I I, I don't think it's going to happen for Cleveland again. I mean, that's. You know, that's this. This is just the whole thing. I mean, the the defense looks more bleak than the offense. Honestly, to me, uh, I I just don't really see. I don't see a whole lot happening. You know, and 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 to be able to stay stay in in games, you got to be able to well play defense. But that's um, one thing I think that Hugh Jackson really brings to the table is uh, he's a defensive mind. I think. Uh, more so than even offense. So I think that that's one thing that he might be able to help craft is that defense there in Cleveland. Well, and this is the one thing, and this is kind of my last point on the Browns before we kind of move on, is if you're a Cleveland Brown fan listening to this podcast, don't expect this to be a overnight change. It's not going to be. We already saw it. Think of it from the draft on, from last year's draft that we just had on, it's now a changing point. And Hugh was able to come in, kind of put his fingerprints on that draft. You're not going to get the free agencies you got before him. He wasn't even the head coach yet before you were already talking to free agents early on. So he's not going to be able to do that until after this next season. I wouldn't be too angry, though, if you guys slide again. However, it's all about what strides and what positives we can take from this season unless there's fans out there that think the Browns are just going to shock the world. And then are you are you a Cleveland fan that's saying lose every game, we need some more draft picks to get some talent. We need either Leonard we need here's what Cleveland Browns We fans need Leonard Fournette and we need Deshaun Watson. That's what I was just going to say because you know who's going to be a bad team and it's going to help out the Browns? The Philadelphia Eagles, but we're going to save that for 
the a rainy end of day. July. We're going to save that for a rainy day. Let's move on, though, to the next team, the Baltimore Ravens. And, Brandon, this was the team that you previewed on our individual team videos. and Yeah, I did something like that. <laughs> with, with this team, I look at it, and the losses that I see, I mean, they're not really huge losses, but you've got... Osamili, the guard going over to Oakland. We've got Daryl Smith, the linebacker. He got cut. He's now in Tampa Bay. Chris Givens is now in Philly. And Courtney Upshaw is actually going to be in Atlanta. And, I mean, if you look at the things they're bringing in from free agency, Benjamin Watton to play some tight end for him. Mike Wallace coming over from my Minnesota Vikings. We also have got Eric Weddle coming over from San Diego. Brandon, we'll start with you because you did the team preview for the Ravens, what's going to be the biggest, what do you think the biggest strength for the Ravens is going to be in 2016? Well, I said this yesterday, and the biggest strength could be, and the key really to this team, I think, is Joe Flacco. I mean, you pay this guy, giving him years and money to be an elite quarterback. Last year, I would say he was probably everything but, and that was, I think, a big reason why the Ravens ended at 5-11. and 11. Was it all Flacco? No. You know, a big part of it was... Could it be Mark Trestman? Uh, no, you know, I think I, I think that uh, Mark Trestman's going to make any team he goes to worse. But I, <laughs> I think that um, at the end of the day, the Ravens all around weren't as strong last year. I mean, I don't think that too many people uh, would have thought that that was going to happen, but they weren't. Um, but again, I, I, I really do put a lot of it on Flacco. I mean, you're this quarterback that's supposed to be really, really good because you told people you were really, really good. Now you're getting paid like you're really, really good. Uh, Steve Smith being gone, I think, kind of hurt him because Steve Smith was having one hell of a year uh, before he got hurt. Now that's why he's coming back because he's still hungry to play, obviously. Um, but that's that's I think, could be a very big strength for them. The quarterback and the wide receiver core, or it could be a big, uh, a, a big, uh, I don't know, detractor. I think. Well, for and them. I and I know Joe Flacco only played ten games last season. I think that disclaimer kind of needs to be there because he did miss six of them. And half of his offense was hurt. I mean, yeah. the Baltimore Ravens had the most. In- I think them and the Chargers had the most injuries on their team. But I mean, you look at the state. Does, and if does you- Tom Brady? Still do well when his team is hurt. Well, Tom Brady Tom is the Brady's, greatest quarterback of all he's time. The Joe Flacco is. Top fifteen in the league right now. But, but you know what I'm saying. But you know maybe. what I'm saying. I really in don't order like to when be I, great. You can't blame. You're, you're, you're guys right. Not you're right, Ricky. Yeah. And well, that's what I was gonna say. Is I just don't like the whole excuse of okay, yeah, you can't help that you're hurt, but you can help. You have to go out there and make plays for your. I mean, your receivers got to make plays for you, but you just as much have to make plays, especially at the for quarterback them. position. I mean, you, you you're can't, the guy you everyone looks at. I mean, my gosh, I don't care if you're you're throwing to Larry Moe and Curly. You have got to <laughs> do a good job out there. You have got to get it done because guess what? A lot of other guys do, and okay, Tom Brady maybe a bad example because he is so good. <laughs> But at the same time, if you want to be the best, act like it. You're getting paid like it, act like it. I think one thing that really does help him, though, is that he is bringing back a lot of receivers. I mean, you're bringing back Steve Smith. You're bringing back Kamar Aiken. You're bringing in Mike Wallace. You're bringing in Brashad Perriman if he even sees the field. I mean, what do we see... expect from Mike Wallace, though? Because he kind of fell uh, off nothing. in Minnesota. Nothing. But, uh, <laughs> nothing. He's just the body. I, but, I mean, if Wallace you look at— was a lot in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. That, I mean, those were his yeah. good days. And if then he, he had... went to Miami, kind of fell off. Then he went to Minnesota if, if he where that, he was Pittsburgh, a dead weight. Pittsburgh style, 
uh, he could be real good. Well, Don't expect it. One thing with Flacco, he made his money off of throwing deep balls to Anquan Bolden, and maybe mm-hmm. Mike Wallace can bring that, back that magic. But, I mean, even Brashad Perriman, I mean, the rookie who did not play last year, maybe he'll even see the field. I mean, we didn't even see him last year. Even they had Chris Matthews, the uh, one-and-done Super Bowl hero for the Seattle Seahawks, even though they lost that uh, that that, uh, that uh, game to the Patriots. And they even have Michael Campanero, I mean, a great slot receiver. So, I mean, I look at this team, and I think they have a lot of weapons, even bringing in Benjamin Watson, bringing in, and hopefully Dennis Pitta can stay healthy. And I really like Max Willis, uh, Max Williams, the tight end out of Minnesota. So, I mean, I think he's got a lot of weapons to work with. And the well, one thing that's really hurting him is Justin Forsett. I mean, well, that backfield isn't that great. And not to guys, just come add on. on to it. What? You got Trent Richardson. Oh, I knew you were going to bring him up. I mean, my goodness gracious. Did you know he won a Heisman? He did win Did a Heisman. you know that he's the sixth guy on the depth chart? <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, he's going to, he's going to. He's gonna really do it for him. They actually have, <laughs> actually looking at the depth chart. They actually have two former Brown running backs on their depth chart in Terrence West and Trent Richardson. Doesn't mean they're good. And no, it means they're terrible because they played for the Browns. Sorry, Cleveland fans. We just kind of talked up your team a little bit. Now, did we? We said they're going to be really building. We, we, we kind of gave them hope, though. Which I is kind of. Tar- I I would like to hope we. I don't think anyone has I hope. I would like to Cleveland hope right now. that we gave them hope. But it, the one thing that I mean has to be good is that if you look at their draft, look at their first pick. What did? The Ravens do. They went out and got your boy Ron they Stanley. Went and, they went to the best, uh, the best <laughs> football factory in uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, I gave know. him some protection to say, "Hey, you know, what? we're you are the important part of this season. You, we're going to protect you, give uh, you some offensive line help." I mean, they 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 have a good line as it is. I mean, again, they're just hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. Eugene Monroe, I think, is probably the weakest spot there. But Ronnie Staley's great. Zuda's great. Yonda's great. Wagner's great. I mean, they have good linemen there. As long as they can stay healthy, I think Flacco can be protected. And then I think, you know, with these, you know, uh, plen- bountiful uh, amount of uh, mm-hmm. weapons on the outside. I think I think the, I think Flacco might be able to return to form. I mean, it, it really might rely on you know Mark Trussman there. I mean, I, I don't think Mark Trussman's that great, knowing him as a Bears fan. Uh, but maybe Flacco can can hide uh, you know Trussman's flaws there. Supposed to be the quarterback whispers, I believe what we were told when he came into Chicago. The only thing I think good about Mark Trussman um, is is. Is probably his daughter, yeah, Chloe Tressman. She really uh, probably has to bring out the best in the Ravens players. Well, I mean, talking about bringing out the best of players, we got to talk about bringing out the best of the D in Baltimore. And I mean, the biggest addition for them has to be bringing over Eric Weddle. Like I mentioned when we started the Ravens segment, bringing over Eric Weddle from the Chargers, kind of to bring a little bit of excitement to this backfield. That's one signing I saw and I went. I like that for Baltimore. That's huge. I mean, Eric Weddle was probably the best defender in San Diego. One of the best safeties in the league. And I, but when I was saying that, then I was kind of taken aback because, like, it, 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 he, it's true. But San Diego's defense is not that good. Yeah, but San Diego, uh, he was the but, best. But Eric, of but, Eric, but Eric Weddle is one of probably the best in the mm-hmm. league. So for Baltimore to get him, I think it's it's a huge addition for Baltimore. It's a huge upgrade. I think it definitely helps them. Does not hurt. Something that they needed to address, uh, especially at the end of last year. They definitely they need him. Yeah, they definitely need to address it. I mean, they didn't give that many passing yards up, but they were, I believe, tied for 22nd in most passing touchdowns given up and the lowest, I think, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. They had six total interceptions. So, I mean, Weddle hopefully will be a ball hawk 
uh, back there for Baltimore. And you know, I think I think Weddle might bring out the best of the former D uh, that used to be in uh, the you know the Ravens. Maybe bringing back shades of Ed Reed. And I, I do like their their cornerback you know grouping there. I like Lajarius Webb. I like Jimmy Smith. I I love the the addition of Eric Weddle, and I think that could be a decent uh, secondary there, at least for the first three guys. I mean, I think I think that it has potential there, and obviously we know the, the, the potential of guys like Terrell Suggs if he's healthy, and Elmas Doomerville if they're healthy, and obviously C.J. Mosley in the middle of the field. I think, you know, they can apply pressure, and hopefully these guys can, you know, turn the ball over and get it going the other way to Flacco. I think I think the Ravens, as long as they stay healthy, is the biggest part well, of this whole thing. that's the big thing with yeah. And one guy who needs to—another guy needs to stay healthy— Terrell Suggs. They lost him season opener last year against the Broncos. Boom, torn Achilles. He was out for the year. And, I mean, just having him back makes the defense even better. Oh, is that that much better? I mean, just just hearing the name that yeah. is healthy. Just saying, oh, T. Suggs can play? Okay, cool. We're good to go. But, see, that's one of the biggest things. If you can't stay healthy, that's tough. And hopefully it's not one of the things for him because he's starting to get towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. It's one of these things, okay, he's able to come back this year. He lost six games. Instead of you know something like you just hate ride, seeing that. Instead of Ray's last ride, soon to be, is this going to be Terrell's last ride? Yeah. And going to the Super Bowl. One guy I did want to bring up that I'm looking for putting a little bit of a spotlight. I want to see some big things out of him is C.J. Mosley, the Alabama linebacker just – Playing on that inside right now, they have them on our lads playing next to Arthur Brown on the inside with Doomerville and Suggs on the outside. This team, like we said, they just need to stay healthy and get out of their own way. And they could possibly, this was a team that last year, I'm like, oh, they're going to miss the playoffs as a 10-win team. I got them miss the playoffs right. They just did not win 10 games at all. And then, you know, I think I think the biggest thing that we need to look at is kind of the guy who probably scored the most points for Baltimore Justin last year, Tucker. Justin yeah. Tucker. Love him. So he, he, he's got to be strong again this year. He's got some golden pipes, by the way. If you guys have yeah, not does. seen the video yeah, of him singing it's Ave incredible. Maria, yeah, I'm going to put that in the description. you got to check it out. I don't think he has to do anything with his kicking talent, but obviously I know, he, he but is just he golden is, pipes. He is one of the best kickers in the league, and I mean that's going to be huge to rely on for the Ravens. And I think I think this Ravens team has turned the corner. Again, the biggest question is just can they stay healthy? And if they can, I think we might be able to see them in uh, playoff contention again because the thing about the AFC North is they all play each other you know, tightly. I mean, even the Browns play the Steelers tightly every mm-hmm. single game. These guys can be in the division. They can be in the wild card race as long as they stay healthy. And I think the the Ravens are making the right moves, especially with Harbaugh at the helm. I, I, they've proven before that they can get to the big show, and I think they'll be able to you know, at least compete for it again as long as they stay healthy. And Baltimore, one thing that they can look forward to, hanging their hat on last year, two games against Pittsburgh, two wins. And that's Couldn't the ne- beat Cincinnati to beat Pittsburgh. And that's the next team we're actually going to move on to from Baltimore to Pittsburgh. And like I've done for the last two teams, just kind of taking it through what they – might have lost what they might have gained looking at the NFL free agent tracker by Bill Poley on ESPN. Some of the losses, the top losses for their team, they lose defensive tackle, Steve McClendon. He goes over to the New York Jets. You've got Kelvin Beecham. He's going over to Jacksonville. Antoine Blake is now in Tennessee. Brandon Boykin is now playing for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Terrence Garvin is now in Washington. Some of the big additions, though, their biggest one, I would say, and Sean, I know you mentioned him in the Steeler preview video that you did on the channel, is Ladarius Green at tight end. 
He's got to be the biggest free agent signing for this team this offseason. And I love him because he's, he's worked under Antonio Gates, who's obviously one of the best tight ends of all mm-hmm. time, and he's a speedy tight end. I, I really like what he's doing. I, I like what he can bring to this table, and especially with the loss of you know a guy like uh, Martavius Bryant, you know him being suspended the whole season, that's going to add something to this this threat that was a great passing team for, for Pittsburgh. I look at this offense, and again, it's kind of going along the same lines of the Ravens, and if Le- Le'Veon Bell can stay healthy, I mean, this team's going to be dangerous, because we saw what they were without... You get him back, too. Yeah. Forgot about that. I mean, without you know without uh, Bell in the backfield, they still were one of the best offenses in the league, and it was kind of surprising, because you know mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's known as a defensive, you know, mastermind, or def- you know, defensive the prowess. The fucking curtain. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the Steelers just put up fucking points mm-hmm. and yards. So I mean, I look at this team and I think I think they can be fantastic. And I, adding Ladarius Green is just a, a smart move right there. And one of the things is that I, I think that the Green Heath Miller was was fantastic. You know, great guy, great career uh, there in in Pittsburgh. Uh, Green's going to be one thing that that Miller really never did though. He he didn't score touchdowns. He didn't score a lot of touchdowns. He he got yards and he got him down there, but he just didn't score the touchdowns. Ladarius Green can do both. Mm-hmm. He can get you yards and he can get in the end zone, and I think that's going to be even more dangerous for Pittsburgh uh, from a defensive standpoint from any other team. Heath Miller was the guy in fantasy you kind of picked up where it's like, okay, do I need 10 points? He's going to get 100 yards, so there's my 10 points. Is he going to get 16? No, because he's not going to get into the end zone. He'll just get you those 100 yards for that solid 10 points. Yeah, for this team like on offense, it's like Sean said, the biggest addition is getting Le'Veon Bell back. And I mean... Now you can now D'Angelo Williams can go back to that kind of backup role again and not have to. Can he take the team and put it on his back? Show that with, he can with his great pink hair in honor of his mother. Yes, he can. But bringing back Le'Veon Bell, saying okay, now we basically have two starting running backs in that backfield, just makes him good to go. I mean, you've got Sammy Coates out there, you've got Darius Hayward Bay all behind the just duo up front of Marcus Wheaton and Antonio Brown, this offense didn't lose anything that was any just anything that was really good. They just outside of Bryant, the yeah. running back. Outside of Bryant. Yeah. Because Bryant was fantastic as as a deep threat. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bryant was he put up fantasy points like it was nothing. Yeah, I mean, but when the, you, it was it was deep balls to him like nothing. And I mean, he was just burning people. Yeah, down the but field. when you've got the only reason I'm not saying like oh it's a huge loss, but why I'm not looking at it is Wheaton moves up to the second receiver. They can Sammy replace Coates him. moves oh, up. That's they it. Can, they Sammy can replace Coates him, but I mean, they can replace him. But I mean, again, having five wide receivers like that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's even more deadly. I mean, yeah, Coates is going to get more time, and Wheaton's going to get more time. So we'll have to see what these guys can do. And Wheaton had a good season in 2014. He had kind of a down season in 2015. But I mean, still, I mean, they they have players that can that can step up. And again, Le'Veon Bell stays healthy. You got Ladarius Green. You got. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, you got Antonio Bryant, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league. You got Darius Hayward Bay, who's proven to be a deep threat before. I mean, this team has you know dangerous threats on the outside. Uh, and I was going to say, and Darius Hayward Bay gets uh, more opportunities for for more drops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the seventh overall pick. It's really a it's really a win win for everybody. He did drop the ball a ton. I, I can not, as, like, not as much as shade, Ted, Ted Ginn. Shades of Hayward Bay back in Oakland just dropping wide open passes while he was on my fantasy team that one year. No, That's I, all I, I didn't think about. Him. And another thing, though, is I think that you have to continue to look at is is the one person who we didn't mention, 
Big Ben. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? Well, we don't this need to. This guy is a monster. People... He is a fucking brick-ass wall, and it ain't coming down unless you put about three <laughs> big-ass men on top of him. That's Big Ben. He, I'm just saying, though, this guy, he, he could sprain his shoulder, fracture his ankle, everything. He's dead today. he's still staying yeah. in the game. He don't give a shit. He's the epitome of the city of Pittsburgh. The re- tough. The reason, well, it's, some parts of him are tough. I mean, he has some off-the-field issues, obviously. But, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, at least as a player on the field, is he's f- phenomenal. And the mm-hmm. reason we didn't mention him is because people we don't need to mention him. He's been yeah. a mainstay in this in this lineup since 2004, and he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league. And, I mean, Big Ben's just, he's, he's a tank back there. I mean, but Big Ben's fantastic. I'm just saying, you know, for another guy who... That we that we didn't talk about. We're talking about. I mean, we're saying how incredible this team is going to be. This offense is going to be without even mentioning him and a guy who's probably going to be able to play for a couple more years. Oh yeah. You know, if Brady's playing for ten, you know, Big Ben's playing for at least five. Brady's playing until he dies. That's that's what I've heard. That's the latest news I had. Well, with drinking Tom the Brady scoreboard update, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady will 90. never die. Drinking kale smoothies, he'll live till he's like one twenty. 97-year-old Tom Brady out there for the New England Patriots. Just threw for 5,000 yards again. It's his 90th season and, for throwing. And it'll be still, 5, still be uh, Phil Simms and he Jim, Jim Nance and Phil Simms doing his get, calling his he games did. in the afternoon. Just under a different name. He, oh, started, when a he, different name. he yeah. started when he was seven in the NFL. But moving over to the defense for the Steelers, this team is, if you think the offense is stacked, Look at the defense. They take a guy in Artie Burns in the first round, and do they need him to step in and be the number one or even number two cornerback? No. He's the third best cornerback on this team now, so they don't even need him to be the top two cornerback on this team. This is a defense with Shazier and now Burns. You're getting William Gay re-signing him back, Bud Dupree in his second year, Stefan Tuitt. This is a team where... The way I see it, it's going to be the Bengals and the Steelers fighting out for this division. I don't. I actually, I would throw the Ravens in there too. I think the Ravens can be a, a formidable threat. In the Ravens in are a wild card team for me. I think they can be a formidable threat here. I, I, I look at this. I look at the the defense though, and I don't think it's actually that good. As, as much as you're talking it up, I don't think it was that good. I mean, if you look at the passing stats, how much they gave up? They were thirtieth in the league. They gave up four thousand three hundred and fifty yards, you know, passing. And they they were terrible, at least in the secondary. And you need to draft Artie Burns there. And I mean, they they also were one of the worst in the league. They gave up twenty nine touchdowns. They did four seventeen picks, uh, which is good. But I think I think looking at this defense, I mean, outside of Shazier and Dupree, and and really just really the the, the linebacking core, they they need a lot of help because as much as I like, like Stefan Tuitt being being a Notre Dame guy, there's no really passing. Or a pass rushing threat there. Cameron Hayward's been decent, but again, he has injury problems as well. So I look at this team, and they they're going to need help on the defensive side. And if it does step up, then great. But I think this offense will still be able to carry him. I mean, look at last year. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was mm-hmm. playing out of his mind, uh, even without Le'Veon Bell. So I think the offense is going to be the main threat here. And I don't think we're going to see a steel curtain as we were. Where we do they see... get that help though? You say they need that help. Where do they get that help? Uh. No, I, I'm saying that the offense will help them. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm saying this defense doesn't have to be great. They can be average, and they'll still go to the playoffs because this offense is so good. That's that's where they'll get the help from. Not the, They're not going to get help from this defense. They're going to get help from the offense. That's what I was more you know, relying on or relate. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. No, and everyone else will understand that as well. <laughs> True. <laughs> I like their offense. 
That's all is I that have to all say. We're going to mention. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Pittsburgh is a team that's not going to get there right now. Right now, the way that they are built, Pittsburgh is a team that's not going to get to the playoffs. Uh, you're not based on a defense. They're no. not going to get to the playoffs. Not based on their defense. Okay. It's going to be based on their offense. Their offense is going to carry them there. Their defense is just a little kicker on the side if they're able to get a couple of picks and return a couple for touchdowns. Talking about their kicker, I like how we brought up Justin uh, Justin Tucker last time. Saw Sean Swisham, not not a good kicker. There can be a lot of uh, mis- mixed extra extra points there, but mixed extra points for Sean Swisham. And the one Swisham. thing, the one thing I'm going to go down really quick is this is all because you guys were kind of ragging on the defense. I just want to list the because court- they suck. Wanna, I'm not so much ragging wanna, on it. I'm so much saying that this offense, if you look at the two, and don't give me that stink eye I want to list the quarterback. Is that the offense is going to be the the side of the ball that really is going to carry them. We're going to play a little game. I'm going to list the quarterback. I do love gonna, games. I'm going to list the, the quarterback that they are going to face this season. You guys tell me who you give the advantage to, the quarterback or the defense. Okay. Ready? Kirk Cousins. Defense. Quarterback. Andy Dalton. Quarterback. Quarterback. Carson Wentz, because I'm not listing Sam Bradford as defense. a starter. Uh, I'm going to say defense, then. Alex Smith. Quarterback. Defense. Geno Smith, unless you want to put Christian Hackenberg as the starter for New York. They re-signed Fitz. Quarterback. Okay. Quarterback there. Tannehill. Defense. Defense. Tom Brady. Fucking quarterback. quarterback. Flacco. Quarterback. Defense. Romo. Quarterback. Defense. Tony Romo. Defense. And since this is a week 11 game, I'm going to actually say the quarterback that Sean projected to start, McCown. I said the, Kessler. The Browns. I said or Kessler, Kessler week by seven. this time. Defense. Defense. Andrew Luck. De- quarterback. Uh, quarterback. Eli Manning. Quarterback. Defense. Tyrod Taylor. Defense. And then, Defense. The rest, and then the rest are divisional games. So it's kind of like a mosh posh this year where. There are those few like Is that a er, word? early on. Yep. Early on, there's those quarterbacks where it's like Alex Smith, Tom Brady. I would even give the the edge to Romo later on, Andrew Luck. But there are quarterbacks in there like Ryan Tannehill, the New York Jets, unless they sign Fitzpatrick, Kirk Cousins, who I'm not I'm not really high on. Whoever the Eagles throw out there, this defense is not going to be. I'm going to say quarter against quarterbacks. They're not going to be exposed because there's not going to be that many elite quarterbacks they go up against. They're going to be average. But I mean, but I mean, if you look at the guys that these are, guys are throwing to, I mean, I mean, if you look at at least I'm talking about for New York. I mean, I know Geno Smith is nothing and Hackenberg's nothing, but you're still going up against guys like Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. I mean, those guys are mm-hmm. are, are one of the, you know top receivers in, in the league. And you, and you talk about New York. I mean, yeah, Eli isn't what he used to be, but he's still got Odell Beckham. I mean, Odell Beckham can burn him there. And, and then, the reason why I listed the quarterbacks and not necessarily the wide receivers, mm-hmm. is because of that linebacking core. I think that line, since that's the strongest, I was saying in my head I'm thinking, okay, quarterback, because are those wide receivers going to be able to get open enough before those linebackers get to a quarterback? The linebacking core is what's going to keep this team together. So I I, I agree with that. And if they, if they can put a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks, then yeah, then the, then the, the, the flaws in the, the secondary will be hidden. Like, if it was defensive line, I probably would have listed running backs. If it was the secondary that was solid, I probably would have listed the wide receiver. But we're going to move on to the final team in this division, 
We've got the Cincinnati Bungles, or you could say Bengals. And the one thing I want to well, hit. Well, they're the Bengals, so I would say Bengals. I want to hit here. Or the Bengales. Because. If, it's, if you're talking in Spanish, the, just so they understand. The Bengales. And we, we haven't heard that one since, uh, since our previews yeah. way back last season. But the one thing I want to mention before we get into Do it, the actual Bengals team is I missed something in my Bengals video. <gasps> And I'm assuming that Bengals fans are going to get after me for it because as we're recording this, it's not up yet. Ricky, to be honest with you, buddy, they would have gotten after you for anything They would have gotten after me for anything just for being fat, right? But here's the biggest loss for the Bengals. You ready for it? Hugh Jackson. Forgot to mention it in my, pre- in my preview for this team. That's their biggest loss is they've got Hugh Jackson. He's now the head coach of the Browns. Player-wise, I mean, they lose Marvin Jones to Detroit. They lose Mohamed Sanu to the Atlanta Falcons. The only wide receivers they bring in, Tyler Boyd, who I like from Pittsburgh, he's going to be a good slot receiver, I think. But the veteran wide receiver that you're able to bring in, Brandon LaFell, is he really going to be able to fill the hole and give support to A.J. Green? From watching every Patriot game that was on CBS or NBC or any, any, that's any of that. The, that's the main indicator, as commenters have told us. Yeah, uh, Brandon LaFell uh, couldn't catch a fucking pass to save his life last year. I mean, literally, I think this guy was worse than Darius Hayward Bay in his rookie year. I would, I would say Brandon LaFell had one of the worst seasons I've ever seen, at least from a Patriot wide receiver. I mean, it, it was brutal watching him. I mean, outside of mm-hmm. some, you know, someone who was great in 2014, and then you know, it, like it was such a huge drop off and such a huge disparity. I don't think it's going to be that great of a throw. I mean, you had Sanu on the opposite side of Green. He was fantastic. Uh, Brandon Tate's nothing as well. I mean, Brandon Tate's a great special team player, but he's nothing nothing there. And Tyler Boyd's really going to be thrusted into that in, into that second spot, I think, pretty quickly. Because Do I, you think he takes it by midseason? I would say so, because Brandon LaFell, I mean, if, if Brandon LaFell comes back and plays like he did in 2014, then yeah, he'll be a great you know number two there in, in Cincinnati, but I don't see it happening with how bad he was last year. I look at Tyler Boyd, and I think he'll be thrusted into that spot. Whether he's going to succeed or thrive, I don't know, but I think he'll be thrusted in just because of LaFell's you know, poor season and poor play last year. I like your use of the word thrust. Thrust. He'll be thrusted. He'll be thrusted in. He said it a few times. He'll be he'll, thrust. Just, just like five times in, almost in a row. He'll be thrusted in. It's just like, wow. Wow, that's crazy. Thank you. Yeah, Hugh Jackson's a a big loss for Cincinnati. I I think that, you know, I I mean, with A.J. Green, they they keep him. That's huge. He's a huge player. He's a big playmaker. Mm -hmm. He makes stuff happen. Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. They get him back. He'll be healthy. He just needs to stay healthy, yeah. But you could say that for everybody. I mean, Andy Dalton didn't seem like the type of guy who was was an injury play type of guy. Yeah, but but I mean, he got injured at the wrong time. He got injured at the wrong time. Um, yeah, well, that just happens sometimes in sports, and then you have to play around it, which which Cincinnati did. Uh, but then the, their guys on defense, I, I, you Perfect. gotta you gotta play smart. You know, you have got to play smart. Put your ego aside. And that's what it's all about. It's all about you know who who is the bigger dick. You know, honestly, I, I mean, absolutely, that's what it is. And just put your ego aside and let it go. And it, it's just, it's incredible. And I, I, I think that Cincinnati, if they can play smart, if they can do some of this stuff, their defense is good. Their offense is still good. Andy Dalton can make some of these guys good, uh, the, some of these other receivers. You forget about Tyler Eifert. 
he's going to be there again. Sure. He's good. I, I think that, well, I mean, will he have the same year that he had last year? Who knows? Maybe he'll be better. Uh, that would be hard to do because he was really, really good last year. But Cincinnati will be a team that's competitive. I'm excited to watch them. But as a lot of people said, if they do not make the playoffs this year, if they do not go on a run this year, is Marvin Lewis finally done then? One thing I do want to mention before we go into the Marvin Lewis thing is Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard because those are two great backs, but you do want to see one guy step up and actually take the realm there because you, you probably want Jeremy Hill being the main back there and then mm-hmm. Gio being a, uh, a, a well, receiver on the yeah, backfield. Yeah, well, Gio's more of, I was going to say, yeah. the receiver. But another thing, you bring up Tyler Eifert. you got to talk about what this team is. I mean, he's scheduled to come back in, sometime in August, but right now, injured Eifert, had surgery. Is that a big concern where it's like, do you think he's going to come back in August, ready to go, okay, start of the season, or could there be some layover from this off-season injury? He'll be back. He's from Notre Dame. He'll rub some dirt on it. He'll be fine. <laughs> of, co- of course he's a Notre Dame guy, but before we get into the Lewis thing, I had one question, it's because of what you were talking about, Brandon, with... You didn't say his name, but I know who you were talking about, the Vontez Burfick stuff from last year's postseason game. And he's going to start the season on a three-game suspension because of what happened in the ending of that Steeler game where they lost in the playoffs. I want to ask you guys this. First question, what does Burfick have to do specifically to change his game for the Bengals. I don't think he's changing his It's his personality. He, Fine, he's just, his, his mindset, let's say. It's more of a coaching thing. I mean, he's been co- he's been coached this way ever since he came into, I mean, ever since he probably started playing football. I mean, it, I'm not saying, you know, he, he's intentionally trying to hurt people out there. He's intentionally trying to be a scumbag, but he, he just— He just lets his emotions take over. Yeah, and I, I mean, with Burfitt, I mean, he's a great player, but it, it's really, you know, it's it's hard to see his his immaturity out there. So, I mean, I, I don't—I think he's going to hurt this team when he comes back just because— because that is his personality. I mean, he's—I don't—I don't think he's going to be able to change it, especially with Marvin Lewis at the helm. I don't think Marvin Lewis is a guy who can really change players, uh, you know, change players' personality like that. I know he did it with Adam Jones, but then again, I mean, if you looked at, it, I think in like 2011, they had the most arrests on their team. So I mean, he really doesn't have the greatest reign over their players. So I think Burfitt, I, I mean, if he can stay away from the the ugly side of his game, and he's gonna he's gonna contribute a lot because he is such a great player. But I, in general, I don't think he's going to change his his mindset. You can be out on the field. You can be emotional. You can knock the crap out of other guys. You can do it with some class. He doesn't know how to spell class. He may actually not. He may actually not know how to spell class. But here's the thing, is that you can go out there and you can be completely emotional Mm -hmm. and you can be completely hyped up and not play football the way he does. You can play football in a really good way with a lot of emotion, with a lot of energy, with a lot of passion, and not be like that. Because by being like that, what do you see that's getting you? Fines, suspensions. Can you take the fine? Yeah. The suspension look good? No, but you finally, you'll you'll come back. Just knock it off. Here's the second question I had. What is it, Ricky? Perfect's contract is over in 2018, so that he's got two years left after this one. On his contract, do we think either this upcoming offseason, so after this season, or after the next season, 
do we see the Bengals get rid of Burfecht before his contract officially is up? No. If he, if he changes his mindset, then no. No, but, they'd be they'd be silly to get yeah. rid of him. No, he's but a great, I'm saying, a, is he not going? Well, do but we I'm think just he's saying, not going to be able I'm to. I'm answering your question. Or they have to. That's what I'm asking. Will he no. not be able to change it to where it's like, fuck it, we got to get rid of him? Well, we know the Bengals. You know how long it takes them to, to make up a decision. <laughs> it, they coach. don't. They just don't. Uh, we don't know if we should get rid of Marvin Lewis or not. <laughs> fuck, we'll just keep him. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because looking, he's been the head coach of the Bengals since I was in eighth grade. 2003 was when he came on 8-8, eight 8-8. Eight, eight eight, then finally made the playoffs. I was six years old. He has made the playoffs every year since 2011. However, they have lost in the wild card game every single year they've made the playoff. Consistency, and that's why they keep him. I'm going to ask you guys this. No matter what happens, let's say they make the playoffs and lose again. Let's say it's even in the divisional round because they get a one or two seed. Do you fire Marvin Lewis if you don't win a playoff game? He's Lovey Smith. He's he's got consistency, but he never takes him any further. I mean, Lovey Smith took, Lovie took Smith the Bears to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, because so, of a great defense. So though. exactly. So and Lovey Smith got fired after a winning season. A Marvin Lewis season. Yeah. Marvin Lewis hasn't. I mean, Marvin Lewis should have been fired, and I don't think he will be fired. He should he? Yes, he should have been fired a long time ago. Will he? No. It's it's simple. They're not going to fire him. Mediocrity is a bad thing, but Cincinnati has it all over them. They got to stop it. If Marvin Lewis does not get them any farther than what they expect to get this year, and obviously every team's expectation except for Cleveland's is a championship, and I think that... <laughs> except for Cleveland's. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to be realistic. I mean, and, and, and uh, I, I think that for, for Cincinnati, if they don't get too deep, I mean, I'm talk, talking deep in the playoffs, Marvin Lewis, uh, you know... He should go because he's had all these opportunities. He's had all of these pieces. I mean, the Carson uh, Palmer days, the uh, TJ Who's Your Mama days, Chad Johnson days. My gosh. The Ocho Cinco days. They couldn't even get there then. You know, I, I if they if they don't get there this year, it I, I think it's the end of him there. Will it be the end of his coaching? Probably not. But oh, there, there in there's Cincinnati, team, yeah. There's a team that would definitely grab him up just because having a competent head coach is so valuable in Is he competent? League. I mean, he can get a team to the playoffs. Yeah, but he's, he, he, I, I think it's more on the GM. He's not building that team. No, I mean, even from a coaching standpoint, he can... Like, last season to me, last season was the only season where I'm like, okay, don't fire him because losing Andy Dalton... Then coaching that team under a A.J. McCarron to get them to the playoffs, though, because it wasn't even sure that they were going to make the playoffs. And to have that great game that I still remember watching, I want to say it was a Monday night game mm-hmm. where they played Brock the Cock and uh, the Denver Broncos, and the Bengals actually beat them, and th- that was the one to kind of charge, like, okay, we're going to actually make the playoffs just how he was able to coach that team into the playoffs after losing Dalton, I was like, okay, that's a good. But then when they lost in the playoffs, I was like, okay, it wasn't really your fault because, A, you didn't have Andy Dalton. You could use that excuse. But the excuse that I would like to use more is it wasn't you who lost the game. It was your dumbass player 
Vontez Perfect. However, you can pull that into a circle and say, Ricky, if he was a good coach, Perfect wouldn't be acting like that. I mean, look at Draymond Green in the I, NBA, an emotional player, but even an assistant coach like Luke, Luke Walton can reel him in to make sure that emotion doesn't get out of control. See, but with, with with Marvin Lewis, I mean, he didn't have a player like that before. I mean, he's I mean, he's had players who have had poor, uh, you know, mentalities going. But he's in. never had a perfect. He's never had a perfect. Yeah, yeah, he's never had a perfect. I mean, he had Adam Jones, but Adam Jones was literally on his last legs, and he probably realized that I can't do fuck up again because you know then I'm done in the NFL. With perfect, I mean, he still has this athleticism. He's still young. I mean, he still can make mistakes because people are still going to take chances on him. So, I mean, I don't really I, – I, I think he should have been fired a long time ago, whether this perfect stuff happened or not. I mean, he just isn't a great head coach. He might be a decent head coach. He might be a good head coach. Not a great one. Not going to win you a championship. He's like a Jeff Fisher. He's not going to win you a championship. Okay, we're going to move on to the last part of the podcast, and – this is the easy part. We've gone through all the teams, what we think, some big storylines with them coming into this season. I'll be frank and just ask you guys. Brandon, we'll start with you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who wins the AFC North this year? Who's your division champ? Pittsburgh. Sean? Well, since 2001, there's only been back-to-back winners twice. In 2002 to 2001, that was the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe. 2008, 2007, that was the Steelers again. And then 2012 and 2011, that was the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Bengals are not going to do it. I'm actually going to take Baltimore here because I think they're going to be coming back from injuries. I think they're going to be able to win some games. I think they're going to go at least 10-6, and six, and I think the Bengals will go like 9-7, and 10-6, and, and then the ba- Baltimore will have the, the, the tiebreakers there. I think Baltimore's going to take it. The way I see it going down for the division is I, I can't pick anybody but the Bengals because to me, when Andy Dalton's on, and for the Bengals, the only thing, the only thing that makes me kind of, I shouldn't pick them is that number two wide receiver spot. However, it's Marvin Lewis. What too. I think is yeah, but Marvin Lewis can get him to the playoffs. It's anything beyond that. You can go it's to the playoffs. You mark. can go to the playoffs as a wild card team. I know, but they're going I think they're gonna win the division. I just think that they're gonna be the stronger team and I think Andy Dalton's going to be able to overcome not having a viable number two until Boyd takes that spot. You could argue that this is the most competitive division oh, in the NFL. Is. And well, and the, the the fact that we all had three different teams just shows that there. And, I mean, I can say that your Bengals pick is wrong, but it also, I mean, I, I, we all have different opinions here. It's just because that's how tight this is, and that's how tight all these teams play each other. I love what divisions we're talking about, and we'll get to you in one second. I know you want to talk, Brandon, but the two divisions that we're starting our previews with, this week the AFC North, next week the NFC North, those are your two toughest divisions in football this year. Yeah. And that's what I think. Like, and you guys know the NFC North, I've said, the three playoff teams talking just from that one division. Tightest or best teams Both. with the best? No, I'm just talking like tightest, a Tightest, you can like say it's division. the AFC East or the AFC South because I'm they're just, just... I'm just saying the NFC North has the same thing that we're talking about here. There are the big thing where, oh, are the Packers going to win it? Are the Vikings going to win it? Packers but then there's it. some people... That are like, oh, well, John Fox second year. The Bears could make a surprise this year. With this division, though, the AFC North, I it's kind of like when we're on the fast break. Until I'm proven otherwise, I'm right now going to say the Bengals. What were you going to say, Brandon, before I ask for wildcard teams? I mean, you, you, you talk about smash mouth football. This is, I mean, this is definitely it. This is the division for it. And uh, those three teams at the top they'll be fighting it out with each other all season long. I feel like we are going to get a wild card team from this division. Here's how I think it's going to go. 
Uh, my pick of Bengals winning the division, and we're going to have one. Whoever wins the more games between them, the Steelers and the Ravens, they're just going to duke it out between each other to win that wild card spot from this division. I agree that there's one. It's going to be the Bengals just because I do think they're still a good team. I think they're going to at least tie with Baltimore, and, and Baltimore's just going to have the tiebreaker there. So I you're think the, going Ravens and Bengals playoff teams? Ravens and Bengals, and then my other my other playoff uh, wild card team will come from the AFC West, West, whether it's the Chiefs, Raiders, or Broncos. I think I think it's going to be a, a tight race, and I don't think the Steelers are going to be that bad either. I think they're going to go 8-8 eight and, eight, eight, eight and eight at worst. I just think that Baltimore is going to win the grueling tough battles just because they're all coming back from injury, and hopefully as long as they can stay healthy. I mean, they won five games, not everyone not even healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. this team is still good, and this team still has great pieces in, in place. How about you, Brandon? Any wild card teams? Yeah, you know, I could see uh, Cincinnati being theirs in the wild card. I could see them being one of the wild card teams for sure. Because uh, I, I don't think they win the division. Baltimore, I don't think really... I don't think they do enough. I don't think they do enough, but Cincinnati, I think, could. The one thing, though, is is bank, the Bengals are the most complete team out of all these teams. Because with Baltimore, it's really can they stay healthy and can their you know their their acquisitions on the mm-hmm. offensive side and can their defense you know step up. Pittsburgh, and the Steelers, it's the defense. It's you no, know, it's offense the, heavy. Yeah, but it's the defense that's the question. Yeah, mark, exactly. Bengals. I mean, you know, they're they're not they don't have the, one of the best defenses, mm-hmm. one of the most fierce defenses in the league, but they still have a good defense. I mean, yeah. and and you know their offense, as long as that second wide receiver spot can be filled, I mean, they're going to have a good offense. So uh, it's it they're the most complete team, but they're nothing that really wows me. With Baltimore, you know, there's a lot of pieces there that can wow me, and that that offense can wow me. Same with thing with the Steelers. There's a lot of pieces there that can really impress. And the one thing I want to say for these predictions, kind of as a disclaimer, as it's kind of unfair for these predictions at the beginning of June because don't make excuses. There, there could be something that changes, like I don't know, Andy Dalton gets injured, no TAs, and obviously things are going to change slightly. But unless there's a huge catastrophic change, I I don't think any of our predictions will change. I just throw out that disclaimer for these early ones. If you guys want to see our prediction videos in August, go ahead, Brandon. Before I do this. The, the sign-off, yeah. One, one final thing I wanted to say is, you know, Cleveland, I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, not only are you going to do anything in football, but your chances are already gone. Even when you make it to the finals, you, you just still piss it away. You just reminded me of the last question. Yes or no, Cleveland top five pick. Their own pick, not the oh, yes. Eagle pick. Yeah, without a doubt. Top three pick? Yes. Number one no. pick. Okay, so it's a top three. They'll Sean's have, they'll have one and two because Philly will be the, be the worst team. How about you? how about you? What do you think? What what pick will they get? Are they in the top five? The top three? They're they're top five. They're top five for sure. I'm gonna say the Eagles give them the number one pick, and their own pick will be outside the top five. You you believe in Cleveland? Browns will not. Are you a believe believer? They will be oh, between. They'll either joke. be. I'm not. I'm not a believe. Believer. I was trying to make a pun. It's yeah. believer, it but sad. it's like the word. And then I'm, I wanted to say believer, but I'm not one of those. Um, they're either going to have the sixth, seventh, or eighth pick, I think, this year in the draft. So th- th- there's a little hope for you, all you uh, Believeland fans out there. See, that's how you make a joke. If anything, I mean, I think they want to. I think they want to tank. I mean, just give them give them a better player, so they'll be better down the road. Fine, top five pick. There you go. That's what you want to hear. But that's going to do it for the onside kick. If Remember, if you want to hear your prediction early when we get to them in August for our videos, go ahead and vote in the Survey Monkey down below. Whether you're a Brown, Raven, Steeler, Bengal fan, go vote down below. 
the team with the most votes is who we'll do first. Then we're going to do the one that got second, third, all the way down that survey monkey. That's kind of how it works. First, second, third, fourth, all the way through the predictions what if in a August. Tie? If there's a tie, we'll figure out a tiebreaker. Alphabetically? Alphabetically, fine. We'll do it that way. Best record? Best record. We'll, we'll find a way. Maybe <laughs> we'll tweet a suggestion. Uh, Sean was just going to keep throwing things out there, and Ricky was going to continue to <laughs> repeat them. Yes, we, we'll find a way. Best quarterback? If there's a tie, Tom Brady wins no matter what in that. Best argument. hairdo? Best hairdo. I mean, we'll do best jersey color. We'll be, do best jersey. We'll do highest jersey number. It was our team from the AFC. But that's going to do it for the onside kick. I want to thank Brandon and Sean for filling in for Mark. Hopefully he is back next week. Ricky is saying, all the Mark, sun. please, please come back <laughs> next week. I can't do it no, with these morons again. No, I enjoyed having you guys here. It's You always can hear a blast. the lying in your voice. I we, am not we, lying. We enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for having I didn't. us. It was fun. You guys can, I'm itching to get out the door. You, as you were putting on your sweater while I'm... Signing off this podcast. It's a sweatshirt. You can follow our, and it's Notre Dame for the people who can't see at home. You can follow us on Twitter. Sean is at Schwarbo. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan 19. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. You can also follow us on Snapchat with the same name at Most Valuable Pod. I want to thank you guys for listening. Hit that heart button, that repost button, that like button, that sub button. Thank you guys again for checking us out. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.